0: Plushcare.com/slash/weight-loss.
1: Hello. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by iTalki. If you're looking for one-to-one lessons or conversations with qualified teachers in order to work on your fluency, your grammatical accuracy, your vocabulary, your pronunciation, or indeed any area of your English, iTalki can definitely help by providing you with your own one-to-one teacher. And because you listen to this podcast, when you buy some talking time with italki, they will send you a voucher for a free lesson. To claim that offer, you need to visit italki using my link, which is teacherlukecouk talk, or just click an italki logo on my website. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello listeners, welcome to the podcast. In this episode, you're going to hear me reading out some pages from an old diary I wrote 25 years ago when I was 16 years old. In the UK, a diary can mean two things. Either it's a plan like timetable or schedule for the future in which you have to write appointments and stuff. Like for example, you might say, you know, let me just check my diary yes, okay, I'm free that day to have coffee with you, David Beckham. For example, if David Beckham has called you to ask if he, if he can have coffee together, and you say, let me just check my diary, David, and let me see my availability. That's one meaning of it, like a, a schedule. But also, a diary can be a sort of notebook in which you write a record of things you've done and all your thoughts and feelings every day. So, you know, it's where you write all of your most personal and private things. So in this episode, you'll hear me going through an old diary that I wrote when I was 16. And yeah, it's the personal type of diary where I was talking about my thoughts and feelings and things that I'd been doing. I recorded this episode today quite spontaneously, actually. The idea just came to me and I quickly started recording. I didn't use a script or notes at all, except for the things I was reading from the diary it's a bit self-indulgent to read your own diary like this. And I don't think that my teenage years have any particular significance or anything, no more than anyone else's. But I found it strangely fascinating to look back on my life 25 years ago, reading out my thoughts and remembering what was important to me then and how I was growing up in various ways. Imagine meeting your 16-year-old self I'm assuming that you are older than 16 now. Some of you might be 16, in in which case, just imagine meeting yourself now. In fact, just look in the mirror. But for those of you who are older than 16 now, which I think is most of you, imagine going back and meeting your 16-year-old self. What would you say to that person? What would you think of their lifestyle and thoughts? What kind of advice would you like to give to your 16-year-old self? That's kind of what happens in this episode, in a way. Um, things get a bit rude as I talk about girls and also drinking, underage drinking, in fact. Um, And there is some strong language, meaning swearing. All that stuff, drinking, swearing, and snogging girls, that's all quite normal for young people in the UK. I, I just want to point that out because there's bound to be some people listening to this who are slightly shocked about what I was doing aged 16 and 17. I mean, really, for me, there's nothing really shocking about it. It's all totally normal. But just because of cultural differences, I'm sure that some of you might find it a bit shocking. It's not. But culturally, some of you might be surprised by it. It might not be the sort of thing that you either do or talk about doing. But really, for the context of the United Kingdom, for the context of England, uh, where I grew up, My late teenage years were actually very normal, and the stuff I'm talking about is the kind of thing that most people of my generation um, also experienced, did, and went through. Also, as I continue to read pages uh, from this diary, things get a little bit dark in some places, but it's not too serious or anything. It's just the normal teenage angst, I think. I'll let you find out more as you listen, and I will be explaining various bits of language as I go. All right, right then. So this is me, earlier today, grabbing an old diary and going through its pages while rambling away into my microphone for this episode of the podcast. And here we go. Let's get started. So I was listening to the Adam Buxton podcast, and there was a moment in The most recent episode, which at the time of recording this uh, is episode 91 of the Adam Buxton podcast, which is really good. Episode 91 is a a conversation with an author, author, a writer from Jamaica called Marlon James. Very interesting conversation for lots of reasons. And also you get to hear Marlon James's Jamaican accent, which is pretty cool. But um, anyway, there was a moment at the end where Adam is just talking Uh, on his own on the podcast and for some reason he's talking about the fact that he bought a um, he bought a Nintendo Switch and he's been playing it with his family he's got kids and stuff and so you know they've been playing communal games on the Nintendo Switch and one of those games is a sort of compilation of old Namco computer games including things like Pac-Man and some other stuff and he starts talking about this game that he used to play when he was a kid and he talks about finding an old diary i think i think that's what it is i've got the uh, i've got the podcast uh, here in my phone he was literally just talking about this a second ago so let's see if i can find that spot Playing
0: that. hearing those sounds again it's so evocative and i got uh, a pack of old atari games as well
1: all right there he is let's go back there's a bit where he talks about basically talks about um reading an old diary and uh, a diary entry where he talked about playing this old computer game that he's been playing recently with his kids. And it just, basically, it made me think of um, old diaries. And so I came upstairs, and I've got a bag up here, which is full of, like, all these old notebooks where he used to write stuff. Uh, let's just, let's listen to Adam saying that thing about playing computer games and it reminding him of his childhood when he used to play this game and then what he wrote in his diary from that period it's quite interesting i don't know if you you've ever written a diary like where every day or regularly you write what you did that day or you write about things that have been on your mind and stuff it's quite interesting to kind of go back and look at those diaries
0: uh oh, we used to go to the arcade me and joe and Louie and people uh of an afternoon in our a-level year i think And just play Rolling Thunder. I was looking at my diary the other day. And most of the entries for around that time, they're only short entries. But a lot of them just say, went out and, well, we used to call it bass. I don't know why we called it bass. I think it was because there was a song out at the time uh, called Boops by Sly and Robbie. And there was a bit that went, bass, the final frontier. And I think there's a voice of a character in Rolling Thunder that sounded a bit like that.
1: So, right, the game is called Rolling Thunder, which is a game that they used to play. and uh, But they used to call it Bass because there was a character in the game who sounded like a voice in a song by Sly and Robbie that said, Bass, The Final Frontier. I'll probably, I bet I could find that song if I could be bothered. But anyway, so they used to call it Bass.
0: So we used to refer to Rolling Thunder as Bass. Right. And my diary just says <laughs> went to the arcade and g- got really far on bass. Oh, dear. But, yeah, it's been quite cool uh,
1: playing that. Here we- anyway, that was, that, that was what kind of made me think about, oh, yeah, diaries. And I had been thinking about the idea of kind of like maybe going, looking through some of my old diaries and even using some of that stuff for the podcast in some way. Now, it's all very kind of, uh, what it's like navel-gazing, you know? Um, It's a bit self-indulgent and kind of looking back at your own past and just sort of, just a bit, it's a bit sort of self-involved. But anyway, the first one I got out of the bag, the first diary that I pulled out is from 1994, so... God, how many years ago is that? That's a long time ago. Um, I must have been about 16, I think, at the time. I think I was 16. And it's just a little glimpse into what I was like at the time or what life was like. I was in a band. That was a big deal for me. I used to be in this band, and we played like this kind of punk, funk music. And that was a really big deal for me at the time. And everything, the rest of it was like music, just being really heavily into music and making a lot of mixtapes. So I used to write out all of the track listings for the mixtapes I was making. I'd write all the tracks I wanted to put on the tape and then I'd put them in the right order and then I'd make the tape. And invariably the tapes would be for different people, for friends of mine or, and stuff like that. And then so there's like lots of lists of songs uh, on these tapes that I'd made um and in 1994 i didn't have a huge collection of music so it's quite limited so i had stuff like music from the saturday night fever soundtrack that's that uh film with john travolta there's a lot of bg's and stuff on that soundtrack but a lot of other tunes like disco funk stuff that uh, i was into at the time so this tape here for example on the first page has got a couple of tracks from the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack, um, some some hip-hop, All On My Nutsack, but I think that's by Ice Cube from NWA. There's some Beastie Boys in there. There's a couple of Beatles tracks. Um, Night Fever by the Bee Gees. Hey Ladies by Beastie Boys and some other stuff like that. Um, all right. And then... So going through lots of lists of tapes and then one page where... And this is, I I mean, this is potentially embarrassing and maybe I shouldn't be reading these things out, but I think it's such a long time ago now and I've obviously grown up a lot since then that I don't really mind sharing these things and I don't really feel ashamed because, you know, I mean, I was only 16 at the time. But there's going to be some rude language coming up here, okay? Uh, and typical teenage stuff so on one page it's written diagonally across the page so I haven't written sort of in in neat horizontal lines but I've written in diagonal lines across the page with pretty messy handwriting and um, so first of all it just says fucked tonight in capital letters with exclamation marks fucked tonight which obviously means i got drunk that night and i was only 16 at the time 16 or 17 years old um i th- it's quite normal in england to start drinking before the legal age but that particular night i a- according to me i was fucked meaning i was really drunk i don't know how drunk i was really but that might explain why I've written across the page diagonally. But, I mean, 16 years old, you're full of, full of life at the time, and so probably going out and having some beers and feeling a bit drunk would have been incredibly exciting and intense, and there were girls around and things like that. So, fucked tonight! And then I've written, I wanted a snog from Sarah, but no go. A snog, uh, that's when you kiss uh, someone sort of passionately using well it's more than just a kiss on the lips right it's a full-on french kiss which is a kiss with well it's a kiss with tongues right that's a snog so i wrote i wanted a snog from sarah i'm just trying to remember who sarah is i think i can remember who she is but i'm not entirely sure but anyway apparently i wanted a snog from her i wanted a snog from sarah but no go meaning it didn't happen or it wasn't possible. And then I've written I could have easily got one from her other mate who fancies me. <laughs> I could have easily got one, so I could have easily got off with Sarah's friend who fancies me, but apparently I didn't. And then I've written but she has a boyfriend. <laughs> I could have easily got a snog from Sarah's mate who fancies me, but she has a boyfriend. Okay. And I've also, I've written could of, like not could have, but could have spelt C-O-U-L-D and then a new word and then of like O-F, which is a terrible grammar mistake or spelling mistake. I don't know if that's just because I, I was a bit drunk or because at 16, my grammar was pretty atrocious. But anyway, I wrote, I could have easily got one from her other mate who fancies me, but she has a boyfriend. And then I've written, I met Kieran and Jake in college. No Jake for the practice. The band will probably fuck up. So Jake um, was one of my best mates at the time. And he was in the band with me. And Jake played keyboards. And he was like maybe the most important member of the band. He wrote most of the songs and he was a good keyboard player. He played like Hammond organ stuff uh, in the band. So I met Kieran and Jake in college. No Jake for the practice. The band will probably fuck up. So I was, I was thinking the band is probably going to finish. It's going to end. Big time. Giles is thinking of leaving. Giles was our bass player. He was brilliant. Um, I haven't seen Giles for... Oh, God knows how long. It's been probably over 20 years since I saw him. Giles is thinking of leaving and Mouse. Mouse was our lead singer. Yeah, his, his name wasn't Mouse. His It was his nickname. Uh, Andrew, his real name was Andrew, but everyone called him Mouse because he sort of looked a bit like a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Just something about his facial features. He looked a bit mousy in the face, so everyone called him Mouse. So, yeah, Jake's... Jake, No Jake for the practice, so the band will probably fuck up big time. Giles is thinking of leaving and Mouse... We'll need a new bassist and singer, even though we've needed a new singer for ages, exclamation mark. And that's it. That was my entry. I don't even know when I wrote that. Sometime in, in April. In in April, in two thousand and not, uh, sometime in nineteen ninety four. I've got more um more cassettes uh mixtapes and stuff, and then this one from November nineteen ninety four. And I was I was obviously feeling a bit sort of unhappy about something and i wrote this i said i hate borrowing things and accepting all this stuff like smokes in the park and money i kind of remember this there was a time when i was at college when i was doing my a levels and not really being a very good student socializing a lot having a really good time having a great social life the college where i where i studied Um, So this is probably from the age of 16 to the age of 18. So after school in England, if you want, you can continue your education and you do A-levels at college. So I went to a college where the rules were different. So in school, everything's very strict and uh, you have to go to all of your classes. And there there are bells that ring in the school to tell you when classes are finishing and starting. So everything's very strict and sort of regimented like that. And you have to wear a uniform. And then when I went to college, everything was a lot more relaxed. First of all, all the students were between 16 and 18. So, you know, that you didn't have all these kids hanging around. It was like these teenagers, uh, older teenagers and stuff, which immediately made it feel a lot more grown up and, and cool. You didn't have to wear a uniform. So everyone started to express themselves with the clothes they were wearing. And... um what else? Yeah, that's it. The, the rules were not as strict. They said you don't have to attend all the classes. The main thing is that you hand all of your work in. As long as you do the work and attend the exams and hand in your assignments, then that's fine. You don't have to attend every single class. And f- for me, this was kind of like a green light to, to just not go to half of my classes. Um, It was pretty bad I mean I was a bad student I didn't get very good results The first time round And I had to retake some of my exams And sort of study for another year And then I got much better results And I got to university and so on But the first two years of college When I was 16, 17, 18 years old A lot of time was spent Messing around, playing music And having a fantastic time uh, But not doing very well academically But you know I I don't. I have no regrets at all Because I had a really good time but some, but I remember at that time, I would come to college and often I just didn't have any money on me. I didn't really have much cash. When you're 16 or 17 or something, unless you've got a job, like a part-time job or something, then you don't really have any money to speak of. You get money from your parents, like pocket money or maybe an allowance. An allowance is uh, just money that your parents give to you. It's not exactly pocket money. Pocket money is for kids it's like, here's some pocket money that you can spend on sweets or or like little toys or stickers, you know, football stickers or something, or Star Wars stickers. In, in the 80s, it was Star Wars stickers and things. Um, that's pocket money. But then when you get a bit older, your parents give you an allowance, which is basically more money. It's a bit more serious. You're supposed to, you know, manage your money a bit more carefully. But I never really seemed to have any money on me and so i'd turn up at college and i'd be kind of borrowing things from my friends sort of um um scrounging scrounging off my mates and i'd scrounge money you know from friends you know you've got 30p i need 30p to get a packet of fruit pastels from the vending machine or have you got 20p so i can buy a kit kat in the cafeteria stuff like that and i'd scrounging cigarettes and things as well because in those days you know I, I smoked sometimes, and so that was what life was like. So, I, But I wrote this one, one evening. I hate borrowing things and accepting all this stuff like smokes in the park and money. It makes me feel really selfish. I really just want to be really generous. Just have one day when I take about £10 into college and spend it all on people that have crashed me things. To crash uh, someone something... It was a bit of slang that we used at the time, meaning to just give something to someone. Like, can you crash me a smoke or can you crash me a fag? A fag in British English means a cigarette. In American English, it's something completely different. It's a gay person. But, you know, British English, a cigarette. A fag is a cigarette. In American English, it's a gay person. So in English, you can say, "Uh, can you bum me a fag? Can I bum a fag off you? In British English, can mean... Can I borrow a cigarette from you? But if you say that in America, it might mean something completely different. Can I, excuse me, can I bum a fag off you? Can you, can you bum, can you do a what? You want to bum a fag off me? I don't even know how that's possible. But anyway, in Britain. So yeah, I want to just take about £10 into college and spend it all on people that have crashed me things crashed me like bits of money and cigarettes and stuff 10 pounds back in november 1994 that was probably quite a lot of money but these days 10 pounds wouldn't go very far and i've i've then written this i suppose i'm just concerned with people not liking me when it really comes down to it this is where i'm getting deep and meaningful about what's important in life when it really comes down to it it's most important to have mates mates means friends it's it's most important to have mates who like you and that you like without that you're pretty fucked you <laughs> see the colorful language i was using in my diary back in 1994 i mean that is obviously true though that's true i was right about that um that uh, when it comes down to it it is most important to have friends that that like you and that you like and without that you're pretty fucked I wouldn't go that far these days. Then on the next page, and I'm just kind of surprised by some of the stuff that I wrote in the diary. It's just kind of, it's just funny to look back on some of this stuff. So on the next page, I, I this is quite interesting because it seems I was trying to express ideas and trying to be creative. But I don't know what I was thinking about. But I wrote this, just at the top of the page it says, Emotions. And then there are five points, A, B, C, D, and E. And I'm trying to describe emotions, uh, but with images. So the first one, it says, emotions. A, a glass of water. And then I've written, no emotion, completely emotionless. Nothing comes to mind. Okay. Again, I've no idea why I was writing this. And then uh, B, the next point, it goes like this, white room. And it says, uncomfortable, not relaxed, no chance of any sleep. Okay. I think I was, I think i sort of vaguely remember this kind of thing. I used to just do these, this stuff as a way to just be open-minded. I just thought, I'm going to open my diary and be completely open-minded and just write ideas down and write, try to express myself. Um, the, the third one says, dark cave. A cave is like a sort of a, a hole in the side of a, of a, of a mountain or um, a hole in, in, in some rocks. Um, you know, people say that, that humans used to live in caves uh, back in the, you know, back in the Stone Age or, or whatever. A cave is there yeah, like a hole in the side of a, of a mountain or a big or a cliff side, and, you know, a place where you could go to get shelter. And I've written Dark Cave and I've just written Security Comfort. And then D, I've written favorite animal. And my comments there about favorite animal, uh, this, I've written humans because you can talk to them. I am one. I can have relationships with them. I understand them more than other animals. And they're very complexed. Complexed isn't a word. I mean complex or complicated. All right. I would probably stick with that. I mean, if we assume that humans are animals, then I think probably humans are my favourite animals. And then I've said this. So, favourite animal, humans, because of the reasons given. And then I've written, if that doesn't count, because I imagine for some people it doesn't really count, then I've written dinosaurs, because I just saw Jurassic Park on video, and they're brilliant, incredibly exciting, mysterious, beautiful, and dangerous and then I've written second favourite animal, cats, especially my cat, because he's got his own personality that I can understand without even talking to him. He's cute and part of the family. So, I mean, if I had been doing Luke's English podcast in 1994, this is the kind of stuff that I would have been doing, like, you know, a glass of water, no emotion, completely emotionless, a white room, uncomfortable, no re- not relaxed, no chance of any sleep a dark cave security comfort favorite animal humans if that doesn't count dinosaurs second favorite animal cats oh my goodness what's next okay there's there's a paragraph here where i've just obviously got a new pen now um i don't know if you ever do this but when you get a new pen you want to write with it especially if it's a nice pen but what do you write when you just want to write because you it's pleasant to write with a nice pen what do you write well this is what i wrote in 1994 i wrote this this is a really nice pen to write with and i really want to keep writing with it but i have just finished my work and i've got nothing more to write so i decided to write this with it deep deep um <laughs> uh, what else lots more mixtapes Okay, this is pretty good because the, here I've I've written lyrics from uh, a Beastie Boys track. And I think the lyrics really struck a chord with me. They, they obviously kind of meant a lot to me at the time. And they still do, actually. I remember listening to this um, song for the first time and really being struck by the words and feeling like they were so deep and meaningful. And I wrote them down in order to just sort of try and capture that feeling that I had, some sort of profound feeling. You know, I mean, we must all experience this at some point. It must be something that everyone experiences. At a certain point in your um, in in your sort of development as a person, at some point in your uh, maybe childhood or in your adolescent years or something, you suddenly start to get a, a much more profound feeling set of feelings as a child your feelings are not always that profound it's kind of quite um superficial in a way Uh, but then as you get older you start to feel feelings and it's kind of like this odd sensation of really feeling like a deep sense of mystery or deep sense of um profundity about life. You know, it's when when teenagers start to get a bit kind of poetic and they they kind of start listening to deep and meaningful music and start writing poetry and things like that in order to just try and express the feelings that they they're having. So I was feeling a lot like that at the time. These you know, as you get older, I mean I'm in my 40s now, which is, you know, hard to believe. I'm going to be 42 this month. My birthday's in a couple of weeks. I'm going to be 42? I can't believe it. I still feel, obviously, I still feel like the same person. Because I think you do, don't you? I mean, you, as you grow up, you feel like the same person. It's just like your body is getting older. You've had more and more experiences. So you've got more memories and you hold a lot more experiences with you as you go through life. And those things, sometimes they start... they. I mean, it's like baggage, you know, you're carrying around this baggage with you in terms of like just all of the experiences you've had and the the things that have happened to you, the people that you've met, and it builds up and up and up. And you just feel like you're carrying all this stuff with you. If you look back at your life, you know, you can see all these things and you carry it with you every day. So, but I still feel like exactly the same person. I just feel like I'm carrying more experiences with me things that you know and I've learned a lot more I've got a lot more knowledge uh, and 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 so on uh, and my body is older and all that sort of thing but in m- my heart I still feel like exactly the same person that I was when I wrote these things in 1994 same person but I mean I I'm, I'm not it, you could say I'm not the same person because they say I don't know what the science is for this but they say uh have you ever heard this they say that um all the cells in your body uh, are replaced, you know, the way your body sort of replaces cells or dead cells die and are replaced by new cells. Constantly, your body's sort of like repairing itself and rejuvenating and stuff. Um, I think it's something like every seven years, all of the cells in your body are completely replaced. That sounds totally mental, I know. Some of you are thinking, what? What are you talking about? You're crazy um i'm gonna i'm gonna google it how often are all no i'm gonna just ask siri because i can't be bothered to type i'm using my phone hey siri how often are all the cells in your body replaced
0: okay i found this on the web for how often are all the cells in your body replaced check it out
1: thanks siri uh, by the way I've 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 put siri I've changed Siri's voice. Now she is an Australian woman. I've decided that I'd quite like Siri to be an Australian woman. So that's why, that's why Siri kind of speaks it like this in this Australian accent. Okay, so um, let's hear that again. Hey Siri, how often are all the cells in your body replaced?
0: Okay, I found this on the web for how often are all the cells in your body replaced. Okay.
1: Check it out. Thanks, Siri. Check it out, mate. Yeah. Okay, so the answer here is from life science.com. Does the human body really replace itself every seven years? Uh then curiosity.com, does your body really replace itself every seven years? Okay, so certainly these are questions that people are asking. Let's see what the answer is. This one's from Snopes.com. Uh I'm assuming this is a trusted source. Does the human body replace itself every seven years? while the vast majority of cells would be replaced every 7 to 10 years some cellular outliers make such a statement pointedly false uh while the vast okay so the point is that it's not the whole body that gets replaced into on a cellular level every 7 years but the vast majority of of cells in your body do get replaced every 7 years but there are probably some cells that don't get replaced every 7 years and so it's not really true to say that uh, every cell in the human body is replaced every seven years. Uh, Am I going to read this? How long is this? It's quite long. Oh, it's quite long. Maybe I can read the... uh, It turns out that each body part has its own very distinct lifespan the lining of the stomach, constantly under assault by digestive acid, is renewed every few days. But bones are refreshed once a decade. And there are a few parts of you that stay with you from birth to death. Okay, so it's not true to say that the entire body is replaced every seven years, but uh, most of it is. And some parts, some cells in the body, are there from birth to death. Okay, so it's not true to say that I am a completely different person to who I was um, in 1994. It's not true to say that, uh, although to a large extent, many of the cells are different. Anyway, what was I saying? It's just a strange experience to look back and uh, read comments. And so the lyrics to this track, uh, Beastie Boys, the the track is called Namaste, which is off their 1992 album, Check Your Head. Namaste. Namaste is it's Indian isn't it? It's a it's a it's a respectful greeting said when giving a namaskar. All right. Now some people definitely know what namaste means. I think it's Sanskrit and Hindi bowing to you. I think originally in Sanskrit it means bowing to you. It's basically like a way of... It's like a greeting. The literal... This is from doyouyoga.com. The literal translation of the word namaste breaks into three sections. Nama means bow, like when um, you bow... Like when, you know, Japanese people bow when they say hello sometimes. So that's to bow, to like lower your head, to lean forwards and lower your head. So nama means bow, as, like namaz... Uh, as means I, and te means you, so it, it means I bow to you. The gesture is, is one of greeting in India. Most often, we hold our hands together in the prayer position at our heart chakra. So it's it's something people say in India as a way of sort of saying hello, I suppose. But I wonder if it's got a deeper spiritual significance as well. But anyway, the track is called Namaste, and it's by Beastie Boys. And... um. 1992 and Adam Yauk who was one of the Beastie Boys MCA he's the one who died actually in when was it 2012 I think really sad because well you know we lost him and he was great but Adam Yauk got really into like buddhism and um tibetan buddhism I think and he he took trips to india and trips to places like tibet and had very spiritual experiences apparently and kind of um got very deep and meaningful and he put some of those ideas into the song and it meant a lot to me when i heard it too i didn't really i couldn't really grasp why it was so important but it just felt very significant so here are the lyrics that i wrote down i transcribed them and it goes like this a butterfly floats through the breeze of a sunlit day um as I feel this reality gently fade away, gliding on a thought to see where it's from, gliding through a memory of a time yet to come. Smoke paints the air swirling in the mist of my mind, like a whirlpool spin beginning to unwind. And I stand at the edge, cautiously awaiting, as time slips by, carefully navigating by the stars in the sky. And on the horizon, sunlight begins to climb, and it seems like it's been so long since he shined, but I'm sure it was only yesterday. Times of normality without reality, a cold chill of fear goes down me. I feel my heart contract to my mind about the image of light, and I expanded on it. My fear was just a shadow, and then a voice spoke in my head, and she said, "'Dark is not the opposite of light.' it's the absence of light and i thought to myself she knows what she's talking about and for a moment i knew what it was all about actually really really good lyrics especially that part about how he, he suddenly got scared maybe he was meditating so maybe something else and he suddenly felt fear come into him and uh And then, uh, what is it? He, he, he can, he thought about the image of light and he kind of expanded on it like you do in meditation. You kind of follow certain thoughts and ideas and kind of see where they go. And it turned out that his fear was a shadow. And then a voice spoke in my head and she said, dark is not the opposite of light. It's the absence of light. I think that's the thing that kind of blew me away when I was 16, 17 years old. There was something very profound in that, but I didn't really know what it meant. That It's true, dark is not the opposite of light. It's the absence of light. Does that mean anything? And I thought to myself, she knows what she's talking about. And for a moment, I knew what it was all about. Ooh, deep and meaningful stuff, huh? Deep and meaningful things. Um, Most of this, most of the rest of this is... um, Hmm. Most of the rest of this stuff is just mixtapes, mixtapes, mixtapes. Lots of hip-hop. Lots of um, sort of funny dance music and stuff. Funk music. Okay, so this is from the 11th of March, which I suppose is 1995. And I've, I've written... I'm writing like letters to myself, which is a bit weird. When did I stop writing a diary? I think it was probably... Well, actually, I think it was probably around the time I started doing the podcast, I decided this is ridiculous. I'm writing a diary, which I felt was quite healthy, actually. It's quite cathartic to write your thoughts and feelings down. But after a while, I was thinking, what's the point of this? No one's ever going to read this. And do I even want people to read this? Who do I want to read this? i was thinking i don't necessarily want anyone to read it until maybe i'm gone maybe one day when i'm dead i'd like to imagine people reading this stuff and finding it really interesting but it was very sort of self-indulgent to just write letters to yourself it's a bit strange um anyway that's what you do i suppose when you're a teenager so here's another window into my teenage life um if you're interested um so it goes like this yo man that's how i start the the entry uh for this this page in the diary yo man i had a good evening last night went to the black horse and drank etc but smoked too many fags which is quite worrying the black horse was a pub that uh, we used to drink in it was in birmingham and uh it was brilliant we had a, it was a really great place to go cuz the, upstairs they had uh like a sort of Um, a dance floor area with a dj playing records and it was kind of dark in that room upstairs and downstairs you know there was the the pub bar and the beer was probably incredibly cheap it was on one of the university campuses in in the center of birmingham in aston Uh, aston university campus aston is where uh, black sabbath come from they used to work in a factory in aston So Aston is like the home of heavy metal music. But in the mid-90s, that's where I used to go out and have good times with my mates in the pub on a Friday night. So apparently I went to the Black Horse the previous night, drank, etc., but smoked too many fags, which is quite worrying. I'm quite glad that I was concerned about smoking. Um, I never really became a proper smoker but I did used to drink and I did used to smoke when I went out drinking and I I wrote it was a good night though and I was getting on well with Sophie and Janet and Helen etc so I had like my I remember Sophie Janet and Helen Uh, there was like a gang of us that used to hang out together and uh, so that evening I must have been hanging out with Sophie and Janet and Helen and having a good time and I and, and other people there were loads of other people too and I wrote this, spilt beer all over myself when I put my pint on the hand dryer and it slipped off and smashed on the floor. So if you spill something, if you spill your drink, it means, you know, you, the drink comes out of your glass. You might, if you, for example, if you've got a cup of tea on the table and you knock the table, you'd spill the tea and the tea splashes on the table. Well, apparently this night I spilt beer all over myself when I put my pint on the hand dryer and it slipped off. So, God, I must have like gone to the toilet with my pint. I mean, back in those days, right now, if, thinking about it now, that sounds so unhygienic and so kind of, um, so terrible to like go to the toilet with your beer. But these are the days where you'd go to the pub, you'd go to the bar, buy your beers at the bar And then you're just in the pub, like you're walking around, you're seeing people, you're playing pool, you're going upstairs and dancing and you, you know, bring your drink with you. You just drink comes around with you everywhere. That's just the kind of pub culture when you're a teenager in the UK. Um, And yeah, they used to serve us drinks in this pub, even though we were probably about 17 at the time. The legal age to buy alcohol in a pub is 18 In the UK but in some pubs you can get served when you're underage and apparently the the black horse was a was one of those pubs so I think I must have gone to the toilet and I put my beer on the hand dryer you know in toilets you have the hand dryer you know that's a hand dryer obviously that's me doing the noise of a hand dryer I haven't just lost my mind so that's a hand dryer I must have put my drink on top of the hand dryer, but the the top wasn't straight, wasn't level. And so the beer just slid straight off the hand dryer, smashed, probably tipped beer all over me and then smashed on the floor. So that's something that happened that evening. I spilt beer all over myself and smashed my beer on the floor. Just a typical thing that happened. And then I wrote this. After going to the pub, I went to the cinema to see Natural Born Killers for the second time with Ed, Mouse, Rob and Baz. It's a great film and I really enjoyed it. Do you know Natural Born Killers? Uh, Oliver Stone film written by Quentin Tarantino. But really? So I went to the pub drinking and then I went to the cinema? These days I could never do that because um, even if I just have a few beers now, I just want to go to sleep. (laughs) So the idea of going to the cinema after going to the pub like that, these days I would just fall asleep probably. But anyway, I went there. I went with Ed and Mouse and Mouse was hanging around. Ed and Mouse and Rob and Baz. It's a great film and I really enjoyed seeing it. Uh, Seeing it twice helps you understand the plot a lot more. I really loved it. I'm also pleased to have a job. So at the time, I'd recently got a job in in the local pub. So I was getting paid every week. Finally, I had money. So I wrote, I'm pleased to have a job. It's great having loads of money to spend. I'll probably be buying about two or three albums every week. So kids, um, this is when you had to buy your music and you bought it on CD or vinyl or cassette as well. And I used to spend the majority of my money on CDs. And so I'd buy, like, yeah, two or three albums a week with the money I was earning from working at the pub. And my CD collection grew and grew and grew. And that you can see that it was important because uh, um, of all these mixtapes I was making. I'll, I'll be able to buy about two or three albums a week. Also, I've also just finished my mocks. Your mocks, that means mock exams. Mock exams... Um, So when you're taking exams, you've got the final exams and you have your mock exams, which happen um, probably after the first year of studying A-levels. You take your mocks and it gives you an idea of like how well you're doing. It's like doing, it's like a practice exam basically. So I said, I've also just finished my mocks. I think I've done okay. I didn't. I I didn't do very well because I was spending most of my time listening to music, making mixtapes, going out and going to the cinema and stuff. But I've, I wrote, I've just finished my mocks. I think I've done okay. So I'm in a really good mood. Easter is coming soon. And then all my other mates will ret- will turn up from university. So I had all these other friends that were a bit older than me. And uh, they went off to university just a year before me. So I spent some time with them. And then like and then they all disappeared and went to university. And so for Easter, for the Easter holidays, they would come back. So I was feeling in a good mood because I was going to see all my mates again. Um, I'll have to go and visit Dave soon. I haven't seen him in a while. Now, which Dave is that? I'm not sure which Dave that is. And then I've written this. Speak to you soon, Luke. As if I'm writing a letter to myself. Ah. Uh, anything else? Anything else to share? Uh, Let's see. More mixtapes. Oh, my God. All right, hold on a minute. Okay, so this next one is from April of that same year. So just like a month earlier, I was feeling in a great mood. And then by April, it seems everything went wrong. Maybe after I'd got the results of my mocks or something, although I don't mention that. Um, so I've written this and this it sounds really serious and dark these days if these the things these things had happened I don't think I would be reacting them reacting to them in the same way but when you're young sometimes things seem so significant and hard hard to deal with I'm actually really glad that I am I am the age that I am now I have to say I'm really glad that I'm at this stage of my life now and I'm talking about now. This is not from my diary. I just feel so much more confident and self-assured. It's, it's great. But when I was 17, I think I was still 17 at the time of writing this, some things felt very tricky and I was a bit insecure. So here are some things from this page. So I wrote this. Three of my best mates came very close to dying yesterday night. Woo, heavy and then i've written this shit like that makes you think look at the way i was trying to write like a cool person shit like that makes you think think depressing thoughts i'm pretty depressed actually for these reasons oh dear so and i've then i've given a list of reasons why i'm depressed i wrote this jake ed and mouse nearly bought it in a car crash by the way to buy it can mean to to die to be killed So Jake, Ed and Mouse nearly bought it in a car crash. Ed's car is wrecked. I remember that. I remember when that happened. I remember I was at home waiting for them to come round to my place and I was waiting and waiting and we didn't have mobile phones in those days so I didn't know where they were and what was going on but I was waiting and waiting and then eventually they turned up and it was all really bad because Ed had had a car crash apparently because i lived out in the middle of nowhere in the sticks in the countryside and for people to come and visit me they'd have to drive and ed had recently got this car uh, he he got a, a new car it was like a a renault a renault 5 or something you know just some cheap little car and he'd recently passed his test and i think he was driving through the country roads a bit too fast and he 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 underestimated a corner and i think that they he went off the road and crashed into some like trees and bushes by the side of the road and the car turned over on its roof apparently it could have been a really bad crash thankfully jake ed and mouse my friends who were in the car were fine they so although jake had a f- fracture in his arm it's not a fully broken arm but it's it's like a crack in his, in his in one of the bones in his arm i remember when he turned up they looked very shaken they looked white, you know, they'd all, they'd gone white, they looked really shaken, Uh, I don't know how it happened, how they ended up getting to my house, maybe they walked to my place from, from where the car was crashed, and then like, you know, probably we called people and, and, and stuff like that, I don't know, I don't remember, but I remember them looking very shaken, and Jake was complaining of a very painful arm, it turned out later that it was fractured, um, And then I've written, so that was the first reason I'm depressed. And this happened yesterday. This happened the day before. The next thing is, I've written this, my exams are coming closer and closer. And then the next point is, what am I going to do in life? Which was always a a real concern, a real worry. I always used to be so worried about what on earth earth am I going to do? There was so much pressure to kind of pick a, a career path. I wish I could... I wish I could have just gone back. I wish I could go back to myself at that time and say, "Don't worry about picking a career path. Just pick one thing that you want to do and just do that, and just get started. It doesn't. You don't have to pick the perfect thing. There's no way you can know what the perfect thing will be. Just pick one, uh, one direction to take, and just do that, and try to do lots of different things, and stay curious." and work hard and learn from your mistakes and you'll be fine. You'll be great. Don't worry about it too much. Just do it is what I wish I could say to my younger self. But I used to get really worried about what I was going to do in my life. Um, what am I going to do in life? And then the next reason that I was depressed was this. I said, I'm listening to Portishead. Do you know Portishead? <laughs> Some of you will. Portishead were a group from um well from portishead it's a town in the southwest of england they were i guess the 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 name of that kind of music was trip hop uh i'm trying to find uh portishead now on spotify um all right let i think this is an example so the thing about portishead is that they were great it was like this kind of down tempo hip-hop music but it also was really depressing Remember this? really really good like uh down tempo atmospheric trip hop it sounds like a a movie soundtrack or something really really good stuff but the tone of it is definitely on the depressing side and then when the the singer starts singing she's got this kind of um yeah she's got this sad uh sounding voice uh she's great but it's not the sort of music that puts you in a really upbeat happy mood
2: Nobody loves me. Good
1: music, but quite depressing for me. So I wrote, oh, you know, like, oh, my friends had a car crash and they nearly died. My exams are coming closer. What am I going to do with my life? I'm listening to Portishead. And then the next point is this Is my life fucked up? I was concerned that my life was somehow fucked up. Again, I wish I could have gone back and said, No, it's fine. Don't worry. Just stop listening to Portishead maybe just have a cup of tea it's going to be okay and then i wrote this i can't make it with girls so i was really concerned about my relationships with girls i said i'm stupid loads of them fancy me meaning i was quite popular with girls but then i wrote i just don't do anything about it so like girls fancied me but i never did anything about it and then the next point is Head is so depressing And then I started saying, oh, this is a bit sad. Like, oh, I think I feel like things are slipping away. Luckily for me, um, although I got depressed, which is quite normal, I suppose, when you're a teenager at certain times of your life and whatever, you you know, we do get depressed, especially when we're growing up. But I feel quite lucky in that it didn't get worse. It didn't get worse. That was like just a bad moment. And, you know, things got better. and And generally, I was happy and i had good experiences and good times going through that time of life people do get depressed though and um it's yeah it, it when it's really bad it can feel really hard to see the positive things in life but um with perspective it's sort of always worth just remembering that when things do get when things do feel sad um you got to, you've got to keep going you've got to keep making decisions and you've got to for example Uh, do things like get a grip like take control um do exercise one of the things that stops people being depressed is to do good physical exercise and that helps get plenty of sleep eat well work hard do exercise have fun with your friends and try to look on the bright side but sometimes yeah, things can get a little bit heavy um all right i'm tired um jake broke a bone in his shoulder um like, and I, I wrote this, like, loads of people I know have turned into stuck-up, super-confident super idiots. Whoa. So I felt like people around me were changing, people were becoming kind of arrogant, I felt. And I said, they, they piss me off so much and they all wear clothes that I was wearing about two years ago and they think they're so original. So apparently this was important to me at the time the clothing choices so i i saw people wearing clothes that according to me i'd been wearing two years ago god fairly small problems but they felt big at the time and then the last line was i'm 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 depressed oh and it goes on on the next page i need to hug a girl oh so sad i need to hug a girl a girlfriend even i wish some people could see me for what i really am Oh my goodness. Well, well, well. Does it get better? Does it get better? Um trying to find there's more and more tapes. I made a lot of mixtapes. Um I tr- I could name some of the the tracks that I I uh I put on this stuff, but I don't remember a lot of this these things. I made a tape for James around this time and a lot of it was funk music. Let the music take your mind by Cool and the Gang. Mr. Tanaka by the brand new heavies, Love the life you live by Cool and the Gang. Um, some of these I don't know. Root Down by um, the Beastie Boys. Little Green Bag from the uh, res- uh, from the Reservoir Dogs soundtrack. Half the Man by Jamiroquai. Uh, Open Up by Left Field. The Maestro by Beastie Boys. Loads of tapes. More and more tapes. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Just that's it. So I, I hopefully I got I I cheered up a bit after that. Here's another book. Oh my god, I've got more and more books. And when I started to write my diary more seriously, I started to write very long, very wordy accounts, and even unhappy times during unhappy times of my life. I was writing loads of stuff. Oh, okay. All right. I'm going to have to read this bit. So I've just randomly opened a diary from the 30th thirtieth of August, August 2006. So jump forward like 12 years for, or about 12 years from, bef- from after I wrote that stuff about the car crash. And 2006, I was in the middle of doing my Delta, the Diploma, uh, in English language teaching to adults, so I was already an English teacher. I'd been teaching for how long? Uh, I think I'd been teaching for about five or six years at this point. And so, just randomly opening it up, I've I've written this. I have so much potential, but so often I get stuck in a rut easily, and I can't lift myself out. There's a good phrase to get stuck in a rut. So imagine, um. Imagine a horse-drawn cart okay, first of all, to be stuck in a rut means to be stuck in a in like a, 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 a in habitual behavior or to be stuck in a situation in your life that you can't really escape so it's kind of like for example, stuck in uh, a routine basically that that you can't get out of so I've, i I said, I have so much potential but I, but so often I get stuck in a rut easily and i can't lift myself out so a rut is actually a groove in the ground caused by the wheels of um like a a, a cart being pulled by a horse so back in the olden days before we had cars uh, everyone used horses and carts to travel stuff to, to carry stuff around a horse in the front and then a wooden cart with big wooden wheels and the horse would pull the carts around often on mud uh, tracks And the ground would, you get these ruts in the ground caused by the wheels of these uh, carts going along. So if you're, let's say you're going along um, the road and your cart gets stuck in a rut, that means the wheel gets stuck in a groove in the ground that's been made by other carts and it's like difficult to get out of that rut and to, to, you know, to get control of the cart again. So that's the expression to get stuck in a rut. It's like to get stuck in a situation or a routine that it's hard to get out of. I said, I get stuck in a mode and I can't break out. It feels like I'm trapped inside myself. I want to be so much better. If I fail the delta, I'm not sure what I'll do. It could be a big blow to me. I'd like to just break away and drop out. But Christ knows what I would do. Uh, I, I... I I can't fail it as, I can't fail it though the lesson reports will show that the plans or aims so I'm talking about actually one lesson one part of the delta that I failed and had to retake so I was feeling a bit scared that I was going to fail the delta if I didn't fail that retake I'd fail the whole thing so I said uh, I, if I won't fail it a second time, though, the lesson report will show that the plan or aims were inappropriate to the class, and that I didn't do anything to fix it during the class. Also, I didn't pick up on it in the um, in the feedback session. Hmm. The lesson report will show. So this is what I was worried about, and then I've written. But the second time, I will produce a watertight non-sketchy lesson next time if necessary i will act my way through and become a different streamlined person um oh my goodness me all right well thank goodness i didn't fail the delta and i mean the timeline that i'm in now the kind of the this universe in the multiverse of the world the universe that i'm living in now thankfully i i passed the delta i then got a you know i got better jobs in better schools I had better experiences as a teacher and uh, my confidence it it did a world of good for my confidence passing the delta and then I got a job at the London School of English which was a great place to be it's very healthy environment for a teacher more and more years of teaching experience and then you know just a a few years after writing all that uh, insecure stuff uh, I started doing my podcast and uh, thankfully I've I've you know, continue doing it. It has been uh, an important thing for me, this podcast. It's given me some purpose and a personal project and a a, a career project as well to focus my uh, energy and my creativity on. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's going to be it then. So all of this stuff, all the stuff I've been talking about for the last hour, All of that just came from me listening to Adam Buxton on his podcast uh, talking about playing a computer game when he was a kid.
0: Ah, Hearing those sounds again, it's so evocative. And I got uh, a pack of old Atari games as well for the Switch.
1: So he's talking about how hearing all the sounds from the old computer game was so evocative. Evocative. If something is evocative, it just really sort of brings back... um, feelings and memories from the, um, uh, from the past. Um, okay. So bringing strong images, memories, or feelings to mind. It could be things from the past, but it could just be other stuff. So evocative, evocative lyrics, for example, um, evocative music. So for Adam Buxton, it was playing this computer game, um, which, uh, was, So evocative, hearing all those sounds again. What was the name of the game? They called it Bass. His friends called it Bass. His friends were... By his friends, he's talking about uh, the filmmaker, Joe Cornish, who was responsible... He directed the film Attack the Block and recently directed a film called um, The Boy Who Would Be King, which is about a kid who sort of becomes King Arthur or something. I haven't seen the film yet. And his other friend is Louis, Louis Theroux, who makes those documentaries... He did one about Scientology, for example. So what was the name of the game that they were talking about?
0: voice of a character in Rolling Thunder that sounded a bit like that.
1: Rolling Thunder, that was the game. Anyway, so all of that stuff, Adam talking about Rolling Thunder and it bringing back memories of childhood and him reading something from his diary about playing the game just made me think, oh, I'll have a little look in my diaries. And then voila an hour of podcasting came out of it. Quite a personal one, this one. Maybe a bit of oversharing going on here. But there you have it. Sometimes it's interesting to look back at the past. Not too much. I think it's... you shouldn't really look back too much. There's probably a very good quote that I could repeat here, but I don't really know what it is. But the quote would say something along the lines of the fact that you should look to the future, but you should kind of uh you know use the past use your experiences from the past um to help you but ultimately you know look to the future and try to try to be positive don't wallow in the past don't just kind of um to wallow what is what wallow to wallow it's a verb w a l l o w if you wallow in something so you can imagine a hippopotamus or maybe a pig wallowing in the mud sort of bathing in the mud, lying in the mud, and really enjoying the pleasure of being in the mud. You know, like the way hippos or other animals do, they're like, let's get in the mud and wallowing in the mud. Mud, you know, like the the earth that's all wet. Pigs like to do it, hippos like to do it, wallowing in the mud. But you can also wallow in the past that's where you kind of like go into the past and sort of just enjoy going back into memories of the past and stuff but it's bad you shouldn't wallow in the past and also you can wallow in certain negative emotions you can wallow in misery or wallow in grief and things like that but we shouldn't really uh try to you know we should try to avoid wallowing in 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 the past we've got to try and look to the future but sometimes it's interesting to look back and just to kind of mark the difference mark the change is this a thing i 'm doing a lot at the moment because i've been i you know i've been talking about those old videos I made and all that stuff maybe this is is just something that um i don't think i'm i'm uh, thinking about the past or evaluating my life any more than normal. It just happens to be that i'm i'm talking about it a little bit on the podcast anyway. Thank you for listening to this very personal stuff, Um, leave your comments on the website as usual. By the way, premium subscribers, uh, more premium stuff is coming soon, okay? I know it's been a little while since the last series. The last series I did was about present perfect tense, five episodes uh, exploring the present perfect and present perfect continuous and also past simple, and other tenses and comparing it and doing all the practice exercises and listen and repeat drills and all that stuff. That was the last series that was in April. Now we're in May. So I'm working on new premium content where I'm going to be focusing on language, not just wallowing in the past and reading through uh, pages of my diary, but um, uh, getting stuck into the language. So I've got stuff coming up. Okay. Uh, for the premium subscribers, uh, there'll be episodes where I'm going to get into language and demonstrate, explain and repeat and repeat certain bits of natural English to help you push your English uh, and to, you know, really get that, that kind of um, range and diversity of vocabulary that you really need to become the kind of, um, you know, advanced level English speaker that you want to be. So, premium stuff is coming soon as well as other episodes and I'll talk to you about things like you know the plans for episode 600 I will tell you the date for the live stream the YouTube live stream as soon as I can but it'll probably be it'll probably probably be like you know June or July okay because I've got about 7 or 8 normal episodes to go before I do that so if I do about 4 episodes a month Then it's going to be at least two months from now. And if I've got lots of premium stuff to do as well, that's going to push episode 600 back a little bit. So it'll be in the summer, June, July at some point. That's when the live stream will happen. So we've got a bit of time. But as soon as I've worked out when it's going to be, I will tell you the date for the live stream. And then um, hopefully you'll be available and you can join in. um, And it's Ask Me Anything. That's the theme. I know it's it's not very uh specific. It's just going to be ask me anything. I've never done one of those live streams before, so I don't know how it'll go. I don't know how many people I'm going to have. Uh the you know, who knows? Maybe I'll get so many questions coming into the comment section that I won't be able to deal with them. We will see. Anyway, it's just going to be like a fun little party where you can just join me and I'll talk to you on YouTube. The audio will be made into a podcast so and and the video as well. I'll 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 share the video with you as well afterwards. Okay, so I'll let you know about that as soon as possible. But that's it for this episode. Leave your comments and thoughts. Anything that's struck a chord with you during uh, this episode, any things that I've said or mentioned that have kind of that mean anything to you? If you feel moved to share your thoughts, then get into the comments section and, and leave some comments there, and uh, and that would be good. All right? Okay, good. So I'll, I'll speak to you again on the podcast soon. Will I? Yeah, I will. I'm going to say goodbye in a minute, but I've got the guitar here still. So, I, you know, I'm going to do another song because I like doing that. If you don't like the bits where I sing, then this is where you can stop listening and you can just go off and do something else. But if you, if you like to hear another song, then stick around because I'm going to do one for you. I'm just, I just need to plan what it's going to be now. I'm pausing the podcast and then uh, we'll do a bit of singing. No idea which song I'm going to do, but we'll work it out in a second. Right, so I'm going to do Waterloo Sunset by The Kinks, which is another classic. The Kinks were a British group from the 60s, part of the British Invasion. One of those bands that kind of on the heels of the Beatles made it big in the US and, you know, in lots of other places too. This is Waterloo Sunset, which I'm sure lots of you know. I think it's, I think it's one of those songs that comes up in... One of the English language course books, it's like, you know, English File Intermediate or something, you know, the, where they have songs in those course books sometimes. <coughs> Not usually the original versions, usually they're, they're cover versions. Anyway, Waterloo Sunset by the Kinks. Um, oh, it's raining. Can you hear the rain? Don't know if you can hear that. Pouring with rain while I do this. Waterloo Sunset, and basically the, the lyrics, you, you'll find a link to the lyrics on the page for this episode, but you can imagine the writer um, sort of looking out of his window. He wrote this um, when, um, oh God, I can't believe I've forgotten the name of the writer, the, the, the singer from the Kinks, Ray Davis. Um, I, apparently he had a flat which had a view over Waterloo, which is a part of London. There's a bridge there. And he, uh, he wrote this song. He was sort of inspired to write the song after just looking out on the view of Waterloo Bridge and seeing people walking around and kind of imagining their lives, imagining characters like Terry and Julie who meet each other at the station and Ray Davis's feelings about just sort of these lazy days looking out of the window. It's a nice, it's a tr- nice, lovely track. There is a. Yeah. I'm not sure. There's something like that at the beginning, isn't, isn't there? Anyway, is it going to be high, dirt, dirt,
2: dirty? There you go. Okay. Dirty old river, must you keep rolling? Rolling into the night People so busy Makes me feel dizzy Taxi lights shine so bright But I don't Need no friends As long as I gaze on Waterloo sunset I am in paradise Waterloo sunsets fine Terry meets Julie Waterloo station Every Friday night But I am so lazy Don't want to wander I stay at home at night But I don't Feel afraid as long as I gaze on Waterloo Sunset I am in paradise Every day I look at the world From my window Chilly, it's evening time Waterloo Sunset's fine Millions of people Swarming like flies round Waterloo underground And Terry and Julie cross over the river Where they feel safe and sound And they don't need no friends As long as they gaze on Waterloo sunsets They are in paradise That's fun
1: Right, that's it for this episode. Thank you very much for listening. Speak to you again on the podcast soon. But for now, goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk.
0: Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
1: If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.